Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. Well, hello there, and happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Welcome to Healthy Choices XM. We're broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist and board-certified clinical nutritionist. And as always, we're ready here to answer questions about your health and how to make responsible choices that can change your life. You're going to like today's topic as, as we interview Dr. Gazagoli, a founder of Progressive Medical Centers, talking about how to cope with the holidays and don't really fear them. This is going to be an interesting dialogue for people's survival tips because between now and the next six weeks, we have many holidays. We have lots of choices to make to be able to uh, keep on our healthy habits, but still make sure that we don't suffer for those come in January or February. So you're going to want to listen to today's interview. Our phone number. Our listeners is 877-956-9566. As always, you can always text us during our show or have any questions uh, during the week at 512-219-0724. And as always, check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com for our specials and also some products from our past guests and past shows. So our... Our topics today is going to be how to survive the holidays and and not really to fear them, but also some interesting choices to make on foods. And before we get started on our interview, I want to, there's a couple items that were in the news I think are worth mentioning. There's a There was a new study that just came out uh, talking about the amount of glyphosate or weed killer that's in wheat bread and oats. Finally, this article was talking about the amount of 1,000 ppbs of glyphosate in Quaker instant oatmeal, strawberries, and cream flavor. After reading this article, I think it's really important for people to realize that glyphosate is used, or weed killer, or Roundup, is used on these non-GMO grains for to make them as a desiccant to dry them out faster to get them to market. So when you look at natural wheat, natural oats, I think you should probably look the other way because there's no way of understanding if weed killer isn't in them. And that's something that there's a choice that I don't think anybody would really want to have. Uh, the second thing on, in the news that I wanted to uh, talk about is finally Eli Lilly's new drug has been has been they spent over a billion dollars talking about this new drug for Alzheimer's. Well, just just this last week, they have a great a big announcement was supposed to be made whether the results of these Alzheimer's trials were going to propel a new generation of drugs for treating Alzheimer's. Unfortunately, it was not successful because it was being withdrawn because the the results are not conclusive. And again, we're going to talk a little bit more about this at the second half of the show, is that the pharmaceutical industry is chasing, We many experts feel, the wrong solution to the problem. 
beta amyloid plaques that you'll read in the Wall Street Journal. We just talked about this last week is what some people feel is the cause of Alzheimer's. But unfortunately, it may be an infection. So we're spending a lot of money going after one cause of Alzheimer's, but it may be a completely different direction. So in the second half of our show, we'll go into a little bit more details for this for some of our listeners because we get a lot of calls talking about what uh, what is some of the cures for for Alzheimer's and dementia. And we're still trying to uncouple that for our, our listeners. Uh, and uh, our phone number for our listeners is 877-956-9566. And as always, you can always text us at 512 512- Two one nine zero seven two four. We have a Sally has texted us a message. She wants to know how does she, let's see. Sally says, if I can read this correctly, how to keep on a healthy diet when ordering out on business trips and keeping up with coworkers without the guilt. You know, this is a good question for is survival. This is what our show is going to be about, how to survive the holiday parties, how to survive all the dinners and all of the celebrations for the next couple of weeks. And I think it's really important, especially if you're on a business trip, you could always order anything special. And I think the most important thing for our, our listeners, especially Sally, if you're listening, stay away from the sugar is the first thing so that the desserts are probably going to have to go uh, by the wayside possibly a small piece of fruit but stay concentrate on uh, proteins and items that are that are complex carbohydrates if it, keep them at a minimum so stick with a higher protein diet that'll be a less that would probably reduce some of your appetite uh, as well and make sure you drink lots of water and that will fill you up at the same time in sparkling water with a lot of lime and you know what in today's society it is perfectly okay to ask for sparkling water or pellegrino and they'll bring it to you without a question so i think it's it's important to make a choice between the sugar and the alcohol and stay away from the sweets for the desserts and you will probably do much better than your counterparts you're listening to Healthy Choices XM, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. As we get into a dialogue with Dr. Gaz Agoli, a founder of Progressive Medical Centers from Atlanta, talking about how to cope with the holidays. And it's an important as for people to understand there is a way that you can make certain choices so that you can come around for January and February and just look back and say, you know, I haven't gained 15 pounds because most people gain five pounds between now and January 15th or January 20th when the Super Bowl comes around. But uh, Sean, let's go ahead and get started with our interview uh, with Dr. Gazagolia and we'll come back in a few minutes as a wrap up and answer any of your questions on today's show. It is a joyous season to be celebrating the birth of our Savior and celebrating Christmas with family and friends. And for our Jewish listeners, we want to wish you a happy Hanukkah. We're so grateful that we have such a great diversity in our country and freedom of speech and religion. And it's just a great opportunity that we can all celebrate this joyous time of year. Now, 
that's the positive, and it's very, very positive. There's a lot to be thankful for. You know, unfortunately, it is also a time of year where there's a certain percentage of our population that really don't have such a good time, that really have bad memories on certain things. And unfortunately, anxiety, depression, um, not feeling part of a cohesive family unit it can be a big problem. And we also know that during this joyous holiday that sometimes you're going to be meeting family members and old friends and there's some conflict going down that has to be resolved. So we realize now the importance of recognizing the holiday blues. We've, we realize it's important to recognize that how does depression possibly creep into this time because of the busyness, the anxiety so we want to have that conversation today. So what do we do about it? Because, you know, it's, it's a multifactorial problem. And there's something called situational depression. And we also know that there's also chemical imbalances to a certain degree. We're going to talk a little bit about both. But, Dr. Bidai, I think there's such an important topic to be talking about those holiday blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, sometimes we hear everybody having fun joyous, but there's certain individuals that don't really experience that, and sometimes they're afraid to even talk about that. So is this a real concern in our society during the this holiday season? Absolutely. When those around you are feeling more up, by contrast, it can seem that, that you are more down. And when we come to end of the year time, it's always a time for reflection. And so maybe this is the first Christmas season after the loss of a loved one. And it, it's natural to think about where were you last year and where will you be in a year? So with this reflection, we can often uh, move in, into the melancholy and, and and be wondering what it is that everybody else is experiencing and why uh, there's this joy that you seem to not have. And it, it, it again, can be a, a time that, that we can feel very alone or awkward if we feel different than other people. Uh, but it, it, and, and, you know, taking an inventory and reflecting on, on where we're at is important. We, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't do this and that we shouldn't get into those layers of our feelings, but also making sure that we make time for ourselves and that we do things to protect ourselves be also become important because ultimately... Uh, what this time is about is a time of share and of caring, and that has to start with the individual. That has to start with being well-grounded and knowing who you are so that you can give of yourself. But it certainly doesn't mean we should deny self. And so while we, are, uh, while we might be experiencing some thoughts that are more troubling or more stress, uh, also realizing that we have within our power the ability to do something about this. And, and that the field of psychiatry is, is a very interesting field. Um, the idea that the mind and body are connected are, of course, ideas that are intimately fascinating uh, to me. In fact, my background was uh, an undergraduate as a psychology uh, pre-major, but also pre-med, double, double, uh, double majoring there because recognizing there must be a connection between the mind and the body. And when I track what's happened in the, in the field of psychologists since I've been in practice, it's very interesting because more, 
even though in the top 10 list of medications, uh, even in the top five list of medications prescribed, depending on the year, two to three of those medications will be psychiatric medications, medications designed for depression or anxiety. So some of the most popular medications used. But as research has continued to build, what we're seeing is that these are often some of the medications that have lower levels of effectiveness. The psychology research itself is saying that these medicate that the group of psychiatric medications, psychotropic medications, uh, in general have on average about a 30% efficacy. And this is from uh, those people making the drugs. That's what they're reporting. Those are their numbers. And so if the if these medications are being used at an all-time rapid rate. But if they only have a 30% efficacy, then that tells us 70% of the time they're not helping and they might be hurting and we need other answers. So as I observe the field of psychiatry from practitioners to research, what you see is a trend away from exclusively managing through uh, pharmaceuticals and a movement to manage with diet and exercise and nutrients because the research says that with these things, we're getting greater than a 30% uh, efficacy. And so I say that to say, in this time where it seems like there's more to do, there's more hustle and bustle, there are more economic woes, there are more stressors of the days, we must take inventory and we need to think about what we're eating, we need to think about how we're sleeping, and we need to think about whether or not we're getting exercise. Yeah, I know, it's busy, there's more to do. But uh, go, sh- go, go shopping with a friend and park further away and, and make sure you do a lap around the mall first to get in more steps as you're doing this. Anything that we can do to move the body more will keep the brain happier as well. In fact, for example, exercise was found to be more effective than 10 milligrams of Prozac uh, when done for 30 minutes a week, uh, five, 30 minutes five times a week. And so immediately we began to see that just moving the system is one of the things that we need to do to stay active and to keep the brain feeling alert and to keep the brain feeling happy. So when it might see seem like a burden to go to that party and to interact, when it might see like a stressor moving the body around, being engaged is something critical that we need to do in order to keep the system more alert. Another piece is that during the holidays, this is when we are tempted to just put diet on hold. I'm not going to worry. I'm just going to oh, eat these cookies now and eat these treats and, and, and you know, I'll, I'll worry about it when the new year comes around. Well, if you are experiencing the holiday blues, this, this is not a strategy that's advisable. I'm not saying you can't have a Christmas cookie at all, but don't make it three meals out of the day. That's for sure. Make sure you're getting getting your veggies, make sure that you're getting good protein, make sure that you're not slipping into bad holiday eating habits because this is critical. And that's why we want to devote this entire show, as we're calling it, holiday cheer or fear. And a lot has to do with stress. We're going to spend some time talking about stress in the next segment. But what we're going to talk about, Dr. Burdett, as, as, uh, as I like some of the points you wrote down here, is that we're going to f- talk about these simple tips for having a successful holiday Christmas season and working into the new year. Number one, building neurotransmitter health with nutrition. 
Do you know that some of the same neurotransmitters that gives us a sense of well-being also drive up the metabolism? So if you're feeling low or you're feeling those blues, the sluggish metabolism makes those extra holiday calories more daunting. So we're going to talk a little bit about how you evaluate these neurotransmitters. The next thing is that we're going to talk about something called the adrenal function. Improving your adrenal function, monitoring stressors can tip our adrenals to the state of dysregulation that can make it hard to sleep, relax, and also be merry. Number three, be mindful of what we're eating, as Dr. Burdett said earlier. As we reach for those comfort foods and put diet on the back burner, we add to the fuel by engaging in a diet that's less healthy for the brain as well as the, our entire well-being. So being vigilant about our blessings and making time to strengthen ourselves so we're more present in what the holiday time is for. Number four, we're going to talk about schedule, schedule time. If you have a structured time and you're structured when you're going to go shopping, when you're going to go to certain parties, when you're going to have that exercise, having an app, and when you have structure with your schedule, that's going to allow you not to overdo some of these holiday festivities. It's okay to say no. Sometimes you have to say no. And I want to get there since we got a couple minutes before the break is let's get right into the stressors because, you know, the stress on the body could be physiological, it could be physical, or it could be psychological. Stress is a natural part of living, but if stress becomes extreme, unusual, or long-lasting, your health begins to deteriorate one cell at a time. But what happens if we have chronic stressors that we don't get a handle of? What's happened to these adrenal glands? Well, we need to take inventory because when we have these chronic stressors, adrenals will overproduce hormones until they can't do it anymore, and then they give out. And in that initial phase, when they're producing stress hormones, producing stress hormones, producing stress hormones, it affects us right down to the tissue. And the epinephrine and the norepinephrine, or what's referred to as adrenaline that comes from the adrenals, begins to elicit these effects on the tissue. And the tissue can handle that short term. In fact, some of the stress hormones are even good for the tissue short term. It's like interval training. It helps us to respond like we should. So if there ever was a bear, we're able to run appropriately from it. However, when there's prolonged ongoing, continuous effects of stress, this creates something deleterious to the tissue and the tissue begins to decline in health. So what happens is when the signal of stress is sent and sent and sent and sent, what happens on a cellular level is, is, the, is usually the cell is able to hold on to this cortisol and bind it up and keep it from creating too much stimulation on the tissue. But when it goes on for too long, eventually these regulation mechanisms give in and that cortisol binds directly to the DNA. And when that occurs, it turns on inflammation. It begins to create what are called interleukins, IL-6 and IL-8, and something called TNF-alpha. And stress begins to have a direct and to have a, a specific effect right down to a cellular level, increasing inflammation in the body. And this is just the beginning. In addition to that, when stress begins 
begins to create this inflammation that tells our body to make more of something called leptin, that tells our body to store more fat. You Now you add to that, the adrenals can't keep up much longer, and when that occurs, this adrenal burnout is also associated with more weight gain around the middle because the body says, I better prepare. We're undergoing stress, and what stress is to your system is an evolutionary signal. It's time stress. It's winter. It's time to shut off the body. Well, stress is a million things besides winter and the lack of food. We do not get to hibernate anymore because there is stress, but the same physiologic signals occur in our body. When we feel stress, even though it's not the lack of food like it once was thousands of years ago, our body still interprets stress from the job, stress from economic woes, stress from family in the same way, and the same thing begins to happen. We begin to store the pounds. We begin to increase more hormones that contribute to that. And right down on a cellular level, we began to make more inflammatory mediators. And this inflammation will wash over our genetics and increase the expression of pathology. Now, what should regulate that stress and regulate that response to stress are the adrenals. Adrenals should protect the tissue. Adrenals should regulate these stress hormones so that we make them when we need them and we slow them down when we shouldn't. And the flip side is bad too. When adrenals give out and you don't make any stress hormones or when you make hardly any stress hormones anymore at all, this is one of your worst case scenarios. It tells the body you're on shutdown. You can't handle the stress anymore. You can't run from the bear anymore. And what this says to the body is you're ready to give up the fight. And physiologic mechanisms, things in the body begin to match that. When your adrenals become flatlined, when you can't make the right level of stress hormones anymore. This is a condition that makes it easy for a cancer to grow. If you have a cancer, it makes it easier for that cancer to grow more quickly and it makes it, it and it opens up spaces like the brain for that cancer to move around and take over. And I'm not saying that the stress only applies to cancer. I'm using that as one example. When we give up and when the body can't handle stress appropriately anymore, heart disease becomes, uh, it's one of our biggest predict- predictors for coronary uh, artery disease or coronary heart disease. Uh, when that we can't regulate a stress response appropriately. We don't regulate blood sugar appropriately. You might be eating the most pristine diet out there, but the effects of stress will do the same thing. They will create excess sugar. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM Broadcasting from Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Ray Solano. We're talking about the holiday season, and unfortunately, there's another side of it, and it's caused stress. It's caused uh, many times people have different moods that they're going through, and there's lots of emotions that are going on, and people seem to make poor choices for their foods and also excessive amount of drinking, and it causes the body's adrenal glands, as as Cheryl is talking about and getting excited, as you can probably listen, is because it's it's this constant domino effect that occurs, and then people get ill. This is the reason why between now and the next six weeks, we have people come down with colds and flus, and you can just almost set your clock, and it's important to make some good choices between now and the next six weeks. And I'll give you a couple survival tips. It's important to, if you, when you get a chance to get some rest, go to bed a little bit early, 
because it's it give yourself the permission to do it because a little bit of recuperation is advisable if you want to snack on something perfect one is nuts almonds walnuts without any sugar just plain nuts is a is a good choice so we want you to, to think about some of these different things you can do and still be sociable because if you're susceptible for a little bit of uh, a little bit of blues around this time of year, it's important for you don't get caught into this uh, trap. We're going to come back after the break, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this subject and also some other things about our brain and how we can improve on it. Our phone number is 877-956-9566. And as always, during this next commercial break, you can text us at 512-219-0724. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM.
Let's talk about your healthy choices. We have room for you right now. Toll free at 877-956-9566. Well, welcome back to Healthy Choices, uh, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. And we're here to answer your calls and how you can make responsible choices uh, for your life. Our phone number is 877-956-9566. And also you can text us at 512-219-0724. We've got Dr. Gazagolia and Cheryl Burdett talking about how to survive and cope with the holidays. And an interesting dialogue of choices that you can make and that you can be in control of this holiday. We started out the first half of our show talking about some things that are in the news, some uh, things talking about GMO foods and and glyphosate or Roundup that are found in some of our foods. And also, we we mentioned a little bit about Eli Lilly's new drug that's being withdrawn for uh, not being effective for Alzheimer's. But before we get into uh, our discussion about this holiday season. One thing that some good news that had just come up is the meeting of the National Organic Standards Board met in in St. Louis on November the 18th and have recommended that carrageen, it is a additive that is is added to our many of foods, carrageen is is an emulsifier that makes Almond milk, soy milk, coconut milk, cottage cheese, all these things have as a thickening agent. Well, this thickening agent has been found to cause intestinal irritation for children, babies, and this food grade is, is what we're talking about, not the natural form, but this food grade is something that is going to be eliminated from organic foods because many of the many of these deli meats and it's just everywhere is causing very much irritation to people's uh, stomachs so it stops the enzymes from being actually digesting food so this is good news you'll find that when it is organic that this emulsifier is going to be removed from our foods but before we get into our, our discussion back uh, talking about some holiday uh, coping with the holiday choices. We have a, another listener who has texted us that wants to know how to survive alcohol choices when out for business during this season. Because this is a big deal because many times there's, there's lots of dinners, there's lots of parties, and there's a lot of alcohol being consumed, and that can throw off someone's blood sugars and diet in about 30 seconds. So I, 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 this is a, is a good choice, and I think there's, you can always say somebody make a choice that they're the designated driver, and then that, that's the way you're, you seem to not be unusual why you're making the choices. But in case there's that's not really the choice, I think it's important that you stay away from some of the sugary drinks because the alcohol plus the sugar is can cause people's blood sugar to grow, to rise even much by three times, four times higher. So stay away from those sugary drinks. And small amounts of wine would be, even that would diluted with uh, sparkling water, would be something that you can 
be sociable oh, and or switch over to sparkling water with lime and people would never know the difference. Adds lots of lemons or limes to with ice and nobody will know what you're drinking. So it's important that many men and women are unable to digest maybe more than one or two glasses of an alcoholic beverages and those people's limits need to be respected and you're seeing this more and more into today's society so I think it's important that it's not unusual uh, today more than ever because many times somebody's a designated driver or just is on a lot of different medications that they cannot be able to mix with alcohol. So I think it's always some good choices for you to make. Good question from our listener. And so let's go back to, uh, to our call, uh, to our pre-recorded with Dr. Gazagolia talking about how to make choices for this holiday season that's not going to come back and bite us back in uh, January. Sean, let's go ahead and get the interview started. Is depression, is anxiety, is stress really affecting your health that you don't even realize it because it's insidious, it's slowly happening? So there's different forms of stress. We have physical stress, chemical stress, emotional mental stress. You have something called the fight or flight stage. This is defined as initial exposure to stressors. And what ends up happening is that your body's trying to fight those stressors or when the body can't handle it, this is when you lose the, fly, the fight and be, become flight and the exhaustion stage comes in. The exhaustion stage is reached when the body can no longer cope with chronic stress and the symptoms that have developed become more serious. More serious forms of illness can develop when the exhaustion stage is reached. This type of illness develops various, uh, varies by individuals and even responds differently to different treatments. Some of the major, major symptoms that we have seen for this chronic area of exhaustion is fatigue, prone to allergies, um, high and low blood pressure. Uh, let me just pause there for a second. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. High blood pressure. Obviously, when we talk about high blood pressure, uh, the body measures something called systolic and something called diastolic. Systolic actually measures the blood flow of the vessels. And what's interesting, Dr. Burnett, is you, you and I know we've been trained medically. There's, there's anywhere from 60 to 100,000 miles of vessels in the wow. human body. It's like a super highway. So when you have a high, which is the systolic, it's almost like a vasoconstriction, vasoconstriction. But now, and the diastolic is measuring in between heartbeats, but now this low, what's happening here physiologically with the adrenals with the low blood pressure? Well, and this is an area that rarely gets looked at because clinicians are so practiced in looking for high blood pressure, but 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 screening for low blood pressure isn't really something you know they as much keep their eye on now. And so when and there is clinical consequence to this. So when I see a blood pressure on the low side, like for example, uh, getting down to a hundred over sixty or ninety over fifty in this state. You, you know, some docs might say, well, that's great. Your blood pressure is low. It's nice and low. This is like an athlete. But if you're not an athlete, if you're not someone who's highly trained and you have blood pressure that low, then this says that you are in a, in a world of adrenal fatigue. You will not handle stress well. And 
Blood pressure like that is likely to make you feel tired all the time. Uh, likely that you'll get dizzy when you go from sitting to standing, that you're more lightheaded. And what's going on is that those adrenals are no longer making appropriate levels of hormones to tell the vessels to constrict. So it is adrenaline. It is norepinephrine and epinephrine from the adrenals that tell your vessels to tighten, to move blood from the periphery to the head. And so when the when the when these adrenals give out, when they when they move towards exhaustion, they you're no longer hypertensive, but hypotensive, low blood pressure. And this sets in fatigue and exhaustion and still has many symptoms, but is often not talked about. Another reason that it's probably not talked about much is there's not really a medication to modulate this. You're not going to give um, a, a pharmaceutical. And so often when there's not a pharmaceutical to treat it, 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 it's not really discussed as much. You know, The same is true of many antioxidant markers out there. They're highly predictive of cancers and overall health, but they're not measured. Why? Because there's not a drug to treat them with. You treat it with nutrients and diet. So there's this mindset that if there's not a drug to treat a marker with, then why would you measure it? Why would you look at it? And low blood pressure is an example of it. Yes, it's true. It's not going to cause heart disease, low blood pressure, but it is associated with decreased quality of life issues. And there are natural things that you could do about it. You could begin to take, for example, an amino acid tyrosine and tyrosine will help those adrenals to make better levels of the right level of stress hormones to help those vessels to tone up. And you could do things to help the vessels have better tone, like botanicals, like hawthorn, or maybe you've heard of ginkgo. And all of these will help to regulate the system more so you'll get a better response. One of the reasons I wanted to mention about the hypo, hypo mean underactive tension, because um, everybody in our society is just concerned about hyper. So... High can be bad and low can be bad. So if you have low um, blood pressure, please take heed of that. And that has a lot to do, as Dr. Burdett mentioned, um, with the neurotransmitters, norepinephrine and epinephrine. Um, but also we have to, that's a big, big sign of the adrenal dysfunction as well. Okay. Next area that we've seen major signs and symptoms of these um, exhaustion phase are elevated cholesterol. Now, not all cholesterol is created equally. Now we know there's a lot of research on something called oxidized and particle size is very, very interesting that can show a, a true picture. So if you just get your yearly cholesterol and your physician does not look at the particle size, nor do they look at the oxidation, they are missing out on some very, very important literature. And there are literally patients out there with normal cholesterol and they end up with getting a either a stroke, something called a myocardial infarction, or, or vessel disease, all kinds of different occlusion, and they had normal cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the particle size yes. and the oxidation. And then some type of other traumatic event, whether it's a stressful situation or some other illness, could have been an infection, and it's just a, the perfect storm. And another part that's never talked about is low cholesterol. In fact, that's applauded. But even conventional literature talks about if cholesterol, total cholesterol is less than 140, that's associated with increased risk of depression and suicide. So as we're in these holiday seasons, and yeah, we're low, low cholesterol as well, very good point, Dr. Verdet. And, and we've seen it as well. There's a common denominator with, with certain 
uh, cancer patients with low cholesterol, specifically leukemias and lymphomas, there's been some kind of correlation. And a lot has to do, of course, is the body is, is trying to compensate for the imbalances and the body's not manufacturing. Yes, you do manufacture cholesterol, okay? It's not just from a food source. The majority of your body makes cholesterol in the liver, and that turns and is being utilized for hormones, and that's really, really important to understand. Okay, next area that we have seen um, is well with the exhaustion phase is that we're seeing a correlation of um, malabsorption and digestive problems, which is I think is really, really important. There's an old saying, you are what you eat, but truly you are what you digest, assimilate at the cellular level and you absorb these nutrients. So we have to say that there is a, a, a reason why we say a gut feeling because your gut is the second brain and that's going to affect your moods, that's going to affect potentially the depression and how the body deals with these stressors during the holiday. So really, really pay attention to what's happening in your digestive system. Um, you, if you're having uh, abdominal bloating after eating, that's also a sign of something called um, hypochlorhydria, where your hydrochloric acid may be deficient, which is responsible for um, digesting these protein functions. And these lack of digestion with the protein cannot convert into amino acids into the small intestines, which creates other deficiencies. So it all ties in. So going back to our philosophy at the Progressive Medical Hour Power, this show is all about education and having you think outside the box. And ultimately, doesn't it make sense to get to the root cause? And that's one that's so, so, so important to understand. Hey, when I'm going through these stressors during the holiday season, am I really paying attention to my digestive system? Am I actually having the proper amount of fluids? What kind of fluids are we drinking? Um, are we overdoing certain things? So it goes back to a balance. Next thing is this. Dr. Burdett said this earlier, insomnia, insomnia, so, so important. When you're not sleeping properly, your immune system becomes suppressed, and then you become susceptible to colds and virus infections. That's how important sleeping is. Don't do it. Do not skip that sleep. Do not say, oh, I can just cram these couple more activities in. Schedule it. Plan for it. Write it down. This way you'll know that you're not overcommitting, but do not make that time back up by skipping your sleep. And you know what? If you find you're tired all the time so you need more sleep, you know what will give you that time back? Exercise gives you more energy, and you'll probably notice that you don't need quite as much sleep. So you might be thinking, well, now you're telling me to exercise too and not take out the sleep, and where does that time come from? But it turns out when we begin to make these healthier choices, we have more energy, and you'll get more done throughout your day. I'm going to go ahead and get started with some of the top nutrients, and I'm going to go have you chime in as well on, on your opinion. And you mentioned this, but I need to mention this again. And let me tell you why I want to mention this amino acid. Mm -hmm. uh, tyrosine and phenylalanine. Now, tyrosine and phenylalanine are amino acids that are precursors to dopamine, norepinephrine, epinephrine. These are neurotransmitters that help regulate mood and emotions. Tyrosine is synthesized from phenylalanine, and several studies have reported that both are beneficial for patients feeling depressed. Now, 
Not only that, tyrosine is another component of T3 and T4, mm -hmm. which also now we know through scientific validation and studies that the thyroid not only is in charge of the metabolism, but it also has a component to depression. Absolutely. And here's a study talking about tyrosine even being successful, modulating the stress during military combat. So I think that if we can use something like tyrosine to be successful in terms of managing stress, even during military combat, we could certainly use it to help us get the holiday stress. And, I, and I'm not at all saying that things that we and emotions that we experience during our holidays, you know, that we should even have to compare to military combat, et cetera. But I'm saying that it's successful. We can use it in both places and we can expect to have good efficacy from it. And like you mentioned, you know, it, it's not... We're learning more and more about these medications, more and more about these SSRIs, more and more about how potentially damaging they can be. In fact, I just saw an article uh, today that talked about SSRIs during the later stages of pregnancy can increase the risk of autism. Now, sometimes we're caught in an unfortunate situation where uh, the quality of life of the, of the newborn or the newborn-to-be will also be compromised by the stress and the depression, However, the point is, if we could reach for something like tyrosine, an amino acid that the body needs anyway, that's going to help mom and, and future newborn to make more thyroid hormone or make better levels of stress hormones, et cetera, et cetera, instead of increasing a risk of autism, we could increase the, the, the risk or we could increase the potential for good brain development. And so when we reach for nutrition, we're reaching for something the body needs. The side effect profile is so much smaller from this. That's great. Absolutely agree with you. Number one on our list, tyrosine and phenylalanine. Very, very important. Next on our list, omega-3 fatty acid. You know, there's such a a, um, a boon right now, and I use the word boon because um, so many people have seen the benefits of omega-3 for inflammation, but have they really thought about it for depression? Well, let me just tell you, because our brain is the majority is fat, we need fish oils. Now, here's the thing. Not all fish oils are created equally. We're going to put that aside for a minute. Just remember that. But it's really the ratio. It's the ratio of omega-3 fatty acids to omega-6. And what we're seeing now with low omega-3 compared to omega-6 has been correlated with an increase of depression. So you got to get those omega-3s up. How do you do that? By having EPA and DHA, which is so, so important. Now, when I mentioned that all fish oils are not created equal, what do I mean by that, Dr. Bidette? Well, it means that, that because we live on a contaminated planet, things that are on this planet have the risk of contamination. So in our fish, uh, we see increased uh, heavy metals. This is why pregnancy recommendations are that pregnant women don't even eat certain fish because of the heavy metal contaminants, even though the omega-3 fatty acids that are found in the fish are critical for brain development, so much so that they're even put in formula these days, but yet the original source is potentially contaminated and therefore comes with warning. So that what is true of our fish is true of our fish oil, unless we are going through extreme measures or, or, or going through uh, making sure that we're using something clean, then you run the risk of taking a fish oil that's also contaminated with mercury. Now think about that. Think about what Dr. Goli just said. If our brain is 
as fat and will concentrate these things, well, then taking a fish oil that's contaminated is one of the worst things that you can do. However, the flip side, taking a clean fish oil is one of the best things you can do for your brain. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM as we're talking about survival of things we can do for the holiday season, some choices that we can make. And I'm going to add a couple of other things to the equation of some foods that you can, that Dr. Gazagolia is talking about some foods that you can spread for survival for this holiday season. He's talked about tyrosine and phenylalanine. And some of the foods that are very high in that are eggs, lamb, lean beef, and cheese, in which we're seeing a lot of that around most of the hol- most of these tables. That you know, if you look at gears, a Edam cheese, mozzarella, uh, blue cheese, all have high amounts of tyrosine. So this is something you might want to uh, to look at if you're feeling if this is something you may be low of and low blood pressure. Uh, also, look at Soy foods, roasted soybeans, are high in tyrosine. And I'm going to add one other, as we talked about earlier, adding nuts to the equation to get your magnesium levels up and your trace minerals. I also want people to start looking at increasing their vitamin D3 levels. It's, it's important that since the, the amount of sunlight that we're getting, and most people are not out between 11 and 1 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, with... Uh, I guess, uh, amount of clothes ready for the beach. So it's important to take probably 5,000 units of vitamin D3, which is is very important for keeping our immune system at the normal level. And this is also vitamin D3 is really important for regulating the calcium and phosphate in the the body since it's important for your bones and and muscles. But also it it appears to help with... uh, your immune system, especially for respiratory uh, disorders this time of year. So that's important to add that uh, to your diet. Also, uh, stock up on your virucid or a very comprehensive uh, viral formula that we have from our our website, healthychoicesxm.com. Don't leave home without it because if you do get a cold, this is something with the combination, this with vitamin D3, we can turn around a cold literally within 12 hours. So it's really important to be prepared because in the next two weeks, you're going to see a lot of people come down with different types of viral uh, colds from maybe this long weekend that we we have come up with. Also, we want to close our show before we leave on a one of the thoughts to for people to think a little bit more about when we talked about Alzheimer's and some of the causes. There are two schools of thought on all the cause of all Alzheimer's, and one of them is infections, and infections that are viral infections and sometimes bacterial infections, and many of them are herpes simplex that you find with fever blisters that are dormant in the in the ganglia of the brain and can emerge upon a chronic illness. So we want people to see that there's an interesting article in, in Scientific American that really goes not as these beta amyloid plaques as the source of the problem, but mainly an infection and could possibly be a simple antiviral 
that you may have uh, seen as an acyclovir. These are, these are prescription medications that are out there today. So you're going to see a lot more about what is the cause of many of these dementias and brain problems. And we're going to keep you up to date with that. You're listening to Health, Healthy Choices XM. When, next week, we're going to have a great guest, two physicians, talking about traumatic brain injuries and how to prevent them and how to treat them. We're going to have uh, Dr. Andy Heyman, and also we're going to have Iris Wingrove, a neurologist that's going to join us. And we're going to have a very lively discussion on concussion disorders. Check out our website, Healthy Choices XM, on the products we had today, and also how to prevent some some of the colds coming up. Thanks a lot. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving weekend. And we'll see you next week on Healthy Choices XM. Thank you.